At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, one and all, to Knife Talk, the podcast, the greatest knife-making knife podcast in the world. You don't have to be a maker even, you just have to be interested in knives. The biggest knife-related podcast in the world, I think that's what we'll call it. Nobody's checking. We can say what we like. It's huge. Myself, myself, Craig Lockett of Shop Knives. As usual, I'm joined by Mareko Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts and Jeff Fader, Fader Knives. How are we all? Doing good. I think we might be better than you. Quite <laughs> yeah. possibly. I've Yeah, I've been pretty sick this week, especially the last couple of days. So, yeah, I'm, it's fine. But I'm glad we're not doing a live that we're not doing the live show because um, I look like shit. And uh, compared to last week, more... with no pants on. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> we must have had a spike in our listenership for that one. We must have. Oh yeah. A spike somewhere. How many, I wonder <laughs> how many people were so excited for the live stream. Dude, speaking of yeah. that, we have we have to talk about the live stream at some point. But the funny part is, I was I was checking out the YouTube channel and looking at. Um, I was looking at some of the comments, and one guy wrote, uh, "Judging for the fact that you only have 300 views per per uh, video, obviously something's not working." <laughs> it was <just> very like, <laughs> just matter of fact. Fair enough. I mean, we talked about it last it's week. It is fun, genius. but yeah, yeah, stat statistician. Um, it is fun to do it, but we just have that same core of people all the time, which is great. But you know, it's such a small proportion of the audience. Um, and the audio suffers for it. So I think we're better off doing this for a while, and we'll see how technology moves on in the next few months sure. again. Maybe we do can you, get good audio doing video too. Well, do you think the we stream also would... have... Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, was... do you think the stream would be good for like when we have a guest or something like that? That way we can get live questions in the like in the moment? Or, yeah, I don't know, the audience I, is I, always I, mean, kinda, I don't think we rule it out. It's not massive. I don't think we rule it yeah. out. It's, right. it's just... You know, for for general shows, I think maybe maybe we go this way. It's it's the yeah. capturing of the audio. 
That's the problem. Yeah. And and um, that's the only really issue. And we did get a lot of feedback in the last episode. People said, uh, we said to for the listeners to send messages, whether you listen to the live or you don't listen to the live. And it was pretty interesting in regards to some of the, most of the responses. So we can go over that later if you want. Yeah. Okay. This week, what what we've been up to, um, Jeff? Let's start with you. What's it, been going on? It was like uh, it was a, you know we got this new uh, this new person working for us, and we actually had a Zoom meeting one night, and it was actually I was impressed. I felt like I shouldn't have even been there. Tony and our and this new person were like super, like back office high end. I was like sitting there with my hands between my legs, just like. It was just like listening and shutting up. It was awesome. I was just like, God damn, this is like a real company now. So it was that was <laughs> really cool, and we got some work done. And uh, we're actually Tony and I were uh, was in on Thursdays, coming down more regularly on Thursdays, which is which is great because we kind of go over big orders. Like we have a job coming up that's I'm really looking forward to. It's like a big color lab set. Um, nice. and we're looking forward to proceeding. We sent the bid in, so we're really hoping for that. And then, um, what's actually more interesting is, is now that I'm thinking about it is in the last episode, we were talking about chiller plates. Um, mm. I was thinking about the chiller plates because I got one of the, uh, Mareco Platins, which is amazing. I, I'm actually going to mm. be carving some knives on, uh, some handles on Monday. I can't oh, wait boy. to use it, but it is beautiful. It's you did I, such a you did such a great job designing that thing. It's I, really I really you, re- much more handy than people would think. It's really. I mean, really it's a cool. very yeah. It's a super simple looking thing, but just just having that clearance makes such a big fucking difference. It's crazy. I'm looking forward to giving it a whirl. I'm super excited, but it made me start to think last week we were talking about chiller plates. Somebody asked about chiller plates. And we put a call out to Adam from Built Sharp, who listens, and he sent me a ton of information on why he uses chiller plates. So a chiller plate is like part of your platen on your 2x72 grinder that you can attach, and it has like inside the platen, there's like room for water. And then you have like a you have two plugs that go into the chiller plate that go down with tubes that go down to a bucket of water. You put the ice water in, and then it's flowing cold water through the chiller plate. So we were talking. Somebody I was asking what it was about, and you and I, we all were just kind of like I don't know. So what what Adam said to me was the reason why he uses chiller plates is a lot of times when he's using a radius platen, like a Bill Benke radius platen. When you're pushing your platen past the wheels, you create more fix- friction on the platen, especially with like a, a radius platen. So what happens is it's not trying; it's not going to keep your knife cool, but the chiller plate is going to keep the platen cool because if the platen gets too hot with certain uh, belts. The so he's got a chiller plate which it has a radius to it too. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. So I think oh, that's wow. a, one of the things. But get, wait till you t- I tell you all the chiller plates he has. This is hilarious. He says that the problem is is the the friction on the on on the platens can get so hot that they can actually melt the the glue seam on the belts. Yeah. Yep. So that's the most important thing is you're keeping the you're keeping the belts from you know, I don't know how hard he's you know pushing I don't know the extent of it but I mean you, Adam from Bill Sharp is one of the best knife makers around it's just like if he says it that's the way it is so he says it's really helpful in terms of keeping the belts cool which so the glue seam doesn't doesn't um, uh, wear away or, or 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 melt away and then the belt falls apart 
he also uses it for those radial radius arms. What are those? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Those. You know that you, you use Marek on the for some reason the name is escaping me, but it's got the belt on the inside. Oh, the rotary platen. Rotary platen. He sure. says the chiller plates are good for rotary platen because I don't know how he uses it, but he uses I don't know. it. Yeah. I can't see how that would be used because obviously the the back end of of those rotary platens is flexible. It, well, it's fitting. Well, but you it, must have a, But if it's right yeah. behind the the belt. Uh, what would normal if that chiller plate wasn't there? The rubber would be building up friction just like normal, and it would start mm. ruining that belt. But if you got the chiller plate right behind it, I think Jeff was just about to get to, but that helps exactly from breaking down. Exactly, that's what he was saying. He says that they, the those belts break down, so the chiller plate helps. So he ended up, you know, he's a great guy, and he's totally nuts too. He created, he's got CNC machines all over the place. He made a chiller plate for his quench plates. So when he's quenching his stainless steel knives, he's got water, cold water, running through the fucking plates. And that's then, what I've been saying. Dude, like for he, then he has, box. and then he's just like, I got everything water cooled. I got my my everything in this whole shop's water cooled. He's got water cooled CNC machines. He's got water cooled everything. So That's shout my... out to Adam for answering the question. That's next level chiller oh, plates, dude. That's next level. He loves it. He loves his he's, he loves his water cooled quench plates. And a zinc spoon, water cooled oh. <laughs> <laughs> with, yeah. with pipes in and out. <laughs> water water cooled jock strap. Yeah. No, no, it'd be like a bicycle seat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping it cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you know, I've got I've got a bit of paper in front of me, and um, I've had this in 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 front of me here for for months probably, and I can, all I can see written on it at the moment is "bitten in the peen." So I, I, I assume I've written that down in a previous episode, thinking that's possibly a show title, but I can't remember. <laughs> I can just see "bitten in the peen" written. <laughs> Wasn't that just you... like last episode? Yeah. <laughs> You just Possibly, write weird yeah, things yeah. down and forget about them? Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, Marekko, what's been going on? <laughs> uh, well, I'm still coming down off my, my trip from Hawaii. Um, and like I said, when I got back, I had some, one knife that was basically done and then a couple more that just needed a bit more refinement. So I've just kind of been working on fine-tuning those. The, the big one, the Chef... Uh, I got it etched. I got the handle finished out. Everything all waxed out. Everything looking good. So that one's ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm waiting for some stuff to get in. I, I'm building kind of um, a mod for running a kind of uh, belt behind my grinding belt um, situation. Hmm. And and so I'm waiting for the hardware to get in. Basically, I'm, I'm waiting on some bearings. Um, but basically the idea is that I'm running a belt behind, cause I've talked about piggybacking belts, I think before on the show where you piggyback maybe a finer grip belt, uh, on a heavier back belt, especially like when grinding, uh, like integrals and stuff like that. There's always a little bit of a gap between that small wheel and the ramp. And, mm. and for, um, for when you get up to like two two twenty four hundred and and higher, you know you're on a lightweight backing usually, and so what I started doing was using like a a, a worn out one twenty belt or something like that and piggybacking the the two twenty or four hundred on top of the one twenty, so both belts are running on the machine at the same time, um, but that can be a little hairy, and so I've been playing with this new system of piggybacking um, that I think is good, but. Yeah, I'm just waiting on some hardware to finish fabbing out and and making this modification on my grinder so I can uh, play with this new idea. 
So would would that work like a rotary platen? Would that would have, you know, a belt yeah. below? So, so the whole purpose is you can use a thinner weight belt, but still be able to sort of yeah, really so, work it. I assume. Yeah, the beauty of like what Adam's got is you can run that a hard backing behind. Um, if you don't have like a chiller plate, you know, you can still run a hard backing. You just want to pull your RPMs down um, and then probably take breaks. But um, the rubber belt helps eliminate that bump that you might get on a hard backing with a thin belt, um, especially like a J weight or the like. Um, but it also allows you, it, it helps you achieve a more satin finish at lower grits just because you don't have that hard backing pushing through the abrasive belt and into the knife you have this soft backing it's still flat and it still gives a great finish but um um it's just it satins out a lot easier and so i'm it's a similar thing um but it's not with the rubber belts it's with different belts so (laughs) that sounds really interesting and what i would wonder is is it would have to be adjustable right because all belts are different. The belt, the belt that you're having made, like because right, like the, all the belts have different tensions. Sure. Yeah. So basically, the I mean, it, it would run similar to a rotary platen where it's, it's kind of, um, it's a smaller belt running underneath the two by seventy two inch belt, and it rotates from the friction of the larger belt riding over the top of it. Same way a rotary platen would work. I'm so stupid. I figured it was like the size of a two by seventy two belt. I didn't realize. Well, I'm you know, so no, I mean, I was just talking about how I I used to do the piggybacking that way, but now I, I didn't say no. You're not stupid. I didn't mention that it was actually going to be a smaller belt running underneath the two by seventy two. So you're because that you would probably make sense. Help clear up some those... confusion for a lot of people listening right now. No, that I mean that makes a lot of sense because then all of us because that's why I'm thinking to myself he's going to need like, you know, because the the. You know, a Scotch Bright belt stretches so much differently than a J weight belt. Oh, you know, I'm oh, thinking yeah. he's going to have right. to have different belts for different sizes, and I'm just like moron. He just threw into the two belts, to the two wheels on the on the platen, you moron, and let it roll. Wheels, yeah. Doesn't really matter then. Right. So sure. funny. Yep. Smart. Smart. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, right. something. So something I have been playing with. I don't use uh, an integral grinding platen. I've stopped using. I, I had one when I worked in Connecticut, and I, I kind of stopped using it because I like a tighter corner right. in there, just because it's a little, it's a little, it's harder to do, and it's, you know, you know, a lot. Of, everybody who does an integral usually has like maybe a three quarter inch or or five six or five eighths inch like radius in that integral. And what I started using was the edge of my platen. And uh, my friend, uh, Chris Rowley, who's actually a maker, he's like, his shop's like 10 minutes from my shop. Um, he was actually on Fortune Fire too. He's like a, a, a vet and, and all this stuff. But he just posted a, a video. Uh, I'll try, I think his, his Instagram handle is NC Tools. But what he did is he made a platen with radius edges. And you can adjust the tightness like how how tight those edges are and what he just does which is what I what I do too um but I just I haven't made a platen that's a dedicated platen but um he just rides the belt over the edge of the platen and then he just you know he engages the blade like you normally would like the face of the blade and then he just jams the shoulder of that integral right into that radius and you know the 
it probably you probably want it like at least a 220 so you probably got to get close uh with like a 120 and then really get in there and clean it up with a 220 and 400 uh but i thought it was really smart and i it was a cool little tip that he put on his instagram um I that's think just one yesterday. of the great things mm. about makers it's we have the idea of what a grinder is supposed to do and how you're supposed to use it. And then all of a sudden you find these different techniques. Actually reminds me, I was talking to, there was a, there's a young man named uh, EC, I think it's EC Knifery. EC Knifery is his name. Good kid. Great kid. I think I'm pretty sure it's EC Knifery. Knifery, isn't it? With a, with a V. Right. So right. he's yeah. doing some sculpture where it's like a tree, a steel tree branch where he's, made some tapers and then welded, you know, the tapers and now he's trying to splice in the grinds. So he was saying sending a message out there, does anyone know the easier way to kind of clean these up? And we were I mentioned to him that what we used to do back at, uh, when I was at Center for Metal Arts and we were doing a lot of we did a ton of splicing, a ton of splicing and I, to the point where I love cleaning up splices of scrolls or whatever and i was saying what because he was looking at buying like a you know one of these long finger belt grinders handheld finger belt grinders they, they suck and you know all those kind of like drum belts and those are they all suck for 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 cleaning on like a mig weld connection and i said what you should do is get yourself a um a, a cutoff disc and then use on the right angle grinder and use it like a feather don't use the grinder like a cutoff wheel use it mm -hmm. like you're almost like it's like a pencil and you're just kind of feathering in the weld and i kind of I, I sent him some videos and we talked and and then he sent me back some pictures of he said it was much easier but it is the best thing is with makers is trying to figure out these new ways to use what you have and figure out ways in which you can make your work easier i love it mm -hmm. i love it love yeah, what you're doing i I just pulled up Chris's Instagram. It's NC Knives and Tools. No underscores or anything, just NC Knives and Tools. Yeah, Chris Rowley. He's a good guy, and, uh, and it's a really pretty good tip, and it, it is his most recent post. And I would imagine, especially if you had the, the Broadback Ironworks grinder, they have replaceable plates, so you could right. just... And then they they're, they're, they sell them for like almost nothing. It's cheaper to buy a, one of their replacement plates than to buy yeah. the steel and drill the hole and cut the taps and stuff. So you 100%. could probably get a pile of those, and then you could have different radiuses on those and then just swap them out as you need them. Well, and what I was thinking is actually, like I was talking last week, how I have my radius platen set up to just rest. It just sits right on right on the front of my flat grinding platen. Because that flat grinding platen sets back like, I don't know, like three quarters of an inch, half an inch. Mm. And so you can, you can just push that flat platen back and then put whatever kind of platen on the front of it. Uh, it's just about like setting up those tabs so it stays on there. But then the, the tension of the belt all keeps it in place. You got tabs on the side and tabs on the top to kind of hook it on and keep it from wobbling all over the place. But I'm probably going to be making some radius platens. Um, that just rest right on the front, and and I don't have to deal with any nuts and bolts or anything. Look at be a whole series of Morocco signature platens, the DP, <laughs> the rounded butt, the Jesus, <laughs> and lots of other double entendres we can think of. We were having a, this was a real knife talk, guys. We were having really, we were really talking about knife baking. We were, we were getting into into it then, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so what last tip that we're now that we're in the grinder tip thing? I saw something recently. Uh, Jason Knight was doing, and if you have a small, small, tiny shop, this is the move. He was hand sanding off of his grinder. So basically, he got one, um, whatever that, what is it, inch and a quarter by inch and a quarter, inch and a half, inch by half, uh, the arms. What yeah. are the arms on the grinders? Standard? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's, yeah, it's like one and a quarter, or one and a half. He made a sanding platform that fits in there. So if you're lighting rules huh. by your mm. grinder, he you just unhook your 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 platen and then you make like a rest that fits in the grinder uh, arm. Smart. And then all of a sudden your awesome lighting is still your awesome lighting. And if you don't if you don't have the room, Dust collection right if you've got it, yeah, that's cool. I like it. Look at this is I like got, fucking real knife talk, guys. I got I got one more actually. I got one more. Let's fucking do mention. it. Let's fucking do okay. it. So last week I was talking about the broad back and how the platen tilts so far forward and trying to see if I could sit down in front of it and I did it and I was able to I was able to set it up and just sit in a standard like rolling chair. Although I think in the future like a fixed chair will be better because that way you can kind of push against the ground and push up into the platen. Um, but I did it, and I set it up so that I was basically looking straight ahead. I wasn't craning my neck down, looking straight ahead and grinding the, na- the same way I normally would as if I was standing at the grinder. And I think that's really going to be a game changer for me and the and wow. s- some of the strain and issues I feel in my back and my neck. Look, did you have one of those little foot spas on the go as well at the same time? And <laughs> A what? That's what? a foot spa. You know, a foot spa? You know those those shitty little foot spas. So you plug them in, you put them yeah, in the water, and they wax bubble in away. <laughs> in the little in the fish, the fish are chewing up on yeah. his feet. Fish chewing, on, chewing up the dead skin. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, get Jesus. a get a manicure or a pedicure and grind blades. Exactly. I'm telling you, we had a nice knife talk, and then all of a sudden it's. Fish eating your feet, you know. Come on. Morocco on his shoe sign station, um, doing his grinding. Yeah. It's hard to say. Shoe shine station. Shoe shine station. Keep falling out. Shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> How you doing there, Craig? Um, what have I been up to? I've been sick. Um, in fact, the whole family, family have been sick. So the kids have been off school this week as well. Um, they're just coughing and phlegming everywhere. And, oh, terrible. Um, but I've been not too bad until maybe yesterday or maybe the day before. And um, my head, it just feel I'm just spaced out all the time, you know. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's getting to me. But um, hopefully it'll be on the mend soon. Um, but I have been uh, designing the next knife, um, which is going to be a paring knife, which I won't, won't be doing for maybe a month or two at least anyway. Um, but, yeah, I've just been working on some sort of designs and, you know, just getting some prototypes 3D printed, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, and that's pretty cool because I've never really done... Like a like a par and knife as like a permanent stock kind of thing. I've done the, I've done the, you know the odd one, you know, or the odd the odd two for a set with a chef knife, um, but never had you know a permanent stock of them. So you know I'm going to get a bunch you know uh, laser cut and then um, you know the templates and go from there. So yeah, I'm just making sure I get that right, um, and it's it's been fun actually. Just yeah, 3D printing them, getting them in my hand, um, and making sure they're going to you know do what they need to do because. You know, it's a very different beast to a chef knife because, you know, it's all in oh, hand yeah. work mainly, you know, a power knife. So, you know, a, a longer handle than I, you know, I originally thought is working a lot better. And, um, yeah, it's good. I'm, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. It's going to be very sort of clean looking, um, very sort of fresh. So, yeah, it's quite nice. I have a question for you. 
about the H sure. knife. Yes. Have you thought about putting an extra spacer in and having a double knife? No. No. Um, no. All right. Well, that's the answer for that. <laughs> Actually, I, All right, guys, I, I did, I did life talk. <laughs> I did give it some thought, but... Um, the, 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 I don't think there's any need. It, it's quite a sort of stout blade on this. And, you, you know, th- those sort of gentlemen's, like those classic pen knives that, that this is, you know, a take on, um, you do see some, you know, as, as, as a double ender, as, as people oh, might Jesus. call it. Um, but I don't see the point in having <laughs> two blades that are pretty much the same, one maybe slightly smaller. You know, th- this isn't a huge blade anyway, so it's it's not, you know, too big. But it's uh, there's, there's, I don't I don't really see the point in having a second thing unless it's like a bottle opener or a bloody screwdriver and then you're talking you know it's uh, you know it's a different territory then so yeah this is very classic intentionally and and stay in that way yeah right. yeah. Got you. yeah I had some bad news as well this week um, so we mentioned a secret that you, you you guys knew about it anyway but we did mention it on the show just in case um, so I was shortlisted for a TV show. Um, and I met with producers and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, we were pretty far down the road. Um, but it's it's a no, I'm afraid. It's what no. the fuck? Yeah, I'm That's pretty crazy. gutted. So, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, it, I've got no no right to be on the show. Um, but, you know, their reason for it is... That was a good idea, about, though, for that book. I think so. Can you talk about so. it at all, or...? I can, I can, I can now. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Well, what the fuck are they, they going to do? Yeah, what the fuck are they going to do? There's three out. <laughs> so it was Jamie Oliver's new TV show, which he's been um, talking about on his Instagram, where they're looking for a new cookbook star. So basically, you would. It's a TV show along the lines of sort of MasterChef and these sort of knockout shows. You know, each week somebody leaves, a new challenge each week. Um, and the winner gets to publish a book with Penguin Random House, which is you know by far the biggest uh, publishers for for cookbooks. Um, you do it almost in conjunction with 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 Jamie. Um, you know he's sort of, you know using his photographers and all the rest of it. So you know you're part of his sort of stable if you like. Right. So it's, it's like it's you know it's a pretty cool prize. Um, and I just thought the process would be incredible anyway. Um, so my so you had to pitch this the first part of the application was pitching your idea it had to be a two-minute video and you had to pitch a unique idea um mine wasn't you know it wasn't unique um but it's just a matter of circumstance for me so mine was called the sunday chef and the whole idea is on a sunday you set aside two three hours and you do um all your cooking for the week so it's you know it's sort of batch cooking but then working out how you can take you know, certain ingredients and reuse them for multiple meals as well, you know. So the whole idea is cold, wet, Thursday evening where it's easy to make a, you know, a bad decision and maybe call for a pizza. Instead of doing that, you know, within 10 minutes, you can have, you know, something quite luxurious made. You're not just, you know, chucking something in a microwave. You're going to have something there ready, which can be done, which can be you know, ready for you in 10 minutes. Um, that's going to feel quite luxurious. And, and that's for the whole family. That's not just for yourself. So, so that was the idea. This was the Sunday Chef. So made the video, sent that off. Um, didn't hear anything for a few days. And then I had a phone call from a producer. Um, and that was almost an hour. And it was out the blue. I wasn't expecting the call. It just happened. And we were chatting. And we just got on really well. And we were chatting for like an hour. And we were talking about knives and talking about music. And he had, you know, young kids as well. It, it all went really well. So then he said the next stage would be a, a Zoom call 
with the with the three other producers. So there'd be four of them. Um, and I was like, fine, I'm up for it, you know. Um, um, th- th- this is obviously being filmed in the UK. Uh, and the filming was, I think, 12 days of filming over 21 days. Um, so, you know, not a massive time out of a schedule um, for, you know, this kind of show. You know, things like MasterChef can go on for months. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I was quite excited. Um, I had, to, had then had to call a Zoom call with producers. Again, it went very, very well. Um, but um, that was it. And then, yeah, I think, is it yesterday morning? or this? Yeah, yesterday morning, I had an email saying, um, that's it. That's the end of the road for me. Fucking um, so I got to the, the basically the last part, really. And and what the guy was saying, it's it's then really not about the people. At that point, every, anybody could be on the show. Um, but it's about getting the right mix of people. And I can only assume that, you know, there's a bunch of middle-aged white men <laughs> trying to get on the show. You know? Ex- uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not blaming it on that. But, I, you know, I can imagine. You know, you see these shows and sure. you, you don't want to have 12 of me on the show, you know, then you want a bunch of different people. So, so yes, yeah, so I'm a little gutted, but um, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But um, I, I think it just would have been a great, great experience. You know, I've talked about in the past, Jamie's, you know, a huge sort of food hero of mine. Um, so, you know, doesn't he own some of your work? Um, he doesn't, he doesn't. Okay. I've tried, to, I've, I've made two knives for him actually. Um, one um, was returned. Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, when I say returned, I mean it wasn't even opened. It was returned, you know, from with shipping. Um, Why? And I'm not... wrong address. Well, he closed a lot of his offices down um, and a lot of his restaurants as well. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the the office that I sent to was you know returned to sender. Um, but I did hear from um, Fingal actually, who oh I know he has some of his work. Um, Fingal gave me an address and um, said, you know, we'll make sure it gets to him. But I haven't, I haven't completed that one and sent that off yet. And you know, his, mm. things got on top and all the rest of it. So, yeah. so he doesn't actually have any of my work. Um, Is it? And fuck him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. A hundred percent. You know what? I think. I think we. You're overlooking one of the reasons why you're not on it, and I think it's because. He probably saw your name and was just like, this fucking guy is stalking the shit out of me. <laughs> Sending me knives. I have to send them back and let him know. And now all of a sudden my producers want him on the show. What about this guy's going to like be my, my stalker? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> um, I, I think maybe the biggest sort of scare was um, the fact that I'm based in France. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm still a, you know, a UK resident and I, I can still legally travel back as much as I need to and all the rest of it. But I just think it's maybe just one extra thing for them to think, oh, you know, it's an easy out. Right. Um, particularly with the whole sort of COVID thing going on. And, you know, he was mentioning that, you know, that they're going way and above and beyond sort of government recommendations on COVID. Um, so, yeah, I, I can understand why. Why not? Um, so yeah, so I am, I'm gutted, but it's all good. You know, it's interesting cause I was just listening to making it podcast, Jimmy Duresta's new episode with, uh, this, uh, Hollywood, uh, set maker. I think his name is Frank <sighs> Il Paletto or something like that. He's a good dude, really amazing maker. And what they were talking about was budgets and they were talking about on these TV shows it's the it's not the budget of like if they had a project to do like and then the staff you know the people on the TV show are really stressed. It isn't mm-hmm. the the budget and the time budget of the shop. It's the time budget of the production company. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this before that all these shows that we like or or that could be better 
it's always down to the production company. So that's exactly right. He could have, they could have been like, God, oh, this guy, this, you know, this dude from France is going to give us nothing but problems. You know, it, it mm-hmm. might cost us, you know, whatever, a day or two. Because like, you know, that, that, Jimmy was saying that when they were doing their show, they were worried about the camera guys being paid overtime. And like, as soon as the clock hit the button, everyone drops their stuff. Meanwhile, the people on the set who were like, you know, him and the guys who were working on their show are like, they're working through the night. And what about us? You know, they care about the production company budget as opposed to everything else. Could have been that. Yeah. I'd imagine the way it works is a production company would pitch to a network, um, you know, with, you know, with a cost involved. And, you know, anything they can save them, once that cost is agreed, anything they can save is, is you know, profit for them because they're a business. And, you know, fair enough. That That's is how we should all be working. That is ultimately the reason why all these makers who bitch about maker shows, the reason why they're bitching about the maker shows, it's always not about the show itself. It's always about the costs that the production companies are willing to make, the budgets to make the shows where they cut out a lot of stuff that would make the shows better. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. So yes, that was my little my little venture into um into showbiz. We'll we'll <laughs> uh, get you, Jamie Oliver. It's the last thing we do. <laughs> but you know, whilst we're talking about budgets, um, we all work to a budget. We all do. Um, but what we can do, we can save you money. You you lovely listeners, you. So um, if you're doing your own heat treat, you're obviously going to need one of the best ovens in the in the business, which is the best oven. It's an even heat. Um, a huge range of stuff that they do, whether you're you know, 120 or 240 or you know whether you're making huge swords, they've got something for any, any knife maker. Um, so that's an even heat kiln, but we can get you a discount. If you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, heat, H-E-A-T, um, that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor uh, for Even Heat. Um, so they can they can build the exact machine that you want. They can get it shipped to you. You'll get $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. So that's by using Soul Ceramics. Um, they're an Even Heat distributor, and you can get that by going to knifetalk.net forward slash heat. And we'll also have the link in the description, and that'll apply those discounts immediately. So if you are working to a budget, we can save you money. Yeah. What we got, Jeff? What we got lined up for today? Well, it's really up to you, to be honest with you. We have tough scenarios that we're to answer, given to us by our listeners. We have regular listener feedback, and we have some listener feedback in regards to the live show versus the non-live show. So, <laughs> And then, not to mention, we also have the regular show notes, so the regular questions from the audience. So it really, guys, up to you, whatever you guys want to do. I tell you, let's take a question first. Okay. Um, Mareko, do you want to take the first question there? Yeah, sure. All right. This first question is from Jamie Mackey. He says, yo, I've got a question for you lot. I'm, I'm looking to improve my work by learning some new skills via classes. Jewelry making has obvious uh, analogs to knife making. So that's one class. What other non-knife making classes would improve my work as a bladesmith? Not blacksmithing either, uh, as I worked as one, and it's too obvious. So, other Ooh. classes, non knife making classes that you could nice. learn. I know. You know, we always talk about, um, you know, most of us work for, you know, just ourselves as knife makers. Um, you maybe, you know, we may be working with one or two others, but generally we're, we're small businesses. Um, so, I think things like maybe accounting or marketing or photography 
all these ec- uh, other sure. skills that we all need maybe to spend a bit of time on something like that could could be nice um and there's you know there's lots of things that i need to be doing this on so it's easy for me to say um but if you have got the time and you are looking for extra classes maybe that kind of thing um could sort of pay in dividends in the long run sure i think that's great mm. um everybody wants to take uh, an accounting class i know it's not <laughs> boring as shit i know <laughs> i know i'm so excited this week i'm gonna, I'm gonna do an accounting class yeah i mean it's probably better to spend a little money and take a class so you have a basic understanding rather than getting bananas in the tailpipe later um yeah. how many bananas but, uh, in the tailpipe do you take before going to an accounting class um so i would say um some sort of car- one of the one of my favorite embellishments i see that i don't i don't I, I consider it just like a basic thing, or not a basic thing, but a skill that's used across various disciplines. But I love um, kind of like the carving and engraving that people do um, in their handles, especially like um, Veronique Laurent and Jean-Louis uh, Regal. They do like these like scrape carving kind of reliefs. So the material starts a little bit thicker than you want, and then they kind of grind down, cut away, and relieve uh, these patterns and these shapes and contours that are kind of proud of the handle material that I think look absolutely beautiful. Um, and again, I, th- you know, I think it's a cool technique that can be used across various disciplines, but I think that would be one I would re- really be interested in learning. Um, mm. yeah, personally. Yeah. What have you got, Jeff? I don't know. This is a good one because you know, part of me is just like, I would, instead of taking a class, I'd consider going to a welding shop and seeing if I could just work there. Like, can I offer mm. help? Because I think that if you think about your knife business more like a metal shop, you might, even like just a railing place, like even like a crummy railing place, you'll learn how to maybe, how to see things differently in terms of deadlines, expectations, real world, uh, the business end of of fabrication on a bigger scale you know i i think that that's one of the i'm always surprised at how you know most knife makers now who who learn on the internet some of them a lot of them have never worked in a metal shop before so they don't understand the ins and outs of of meeting an expectation or what what is except what is expected of you know, you as a fabricator giving something to someone. So that might be good. I do like the idea of maybe even doing a sculpture class. I like the idea of having something with deadlines. I like the idea of, you know, the carving, those those wood carving classes. I like that idea. And, you know, even pottery classes. I think anything that kind of maybe helps you see things differently might be the move, you know. Mm. I got another one. I'd love, I'd love to do pottery. But I know that the minute I did, that would be it. That's another huge rabbit hole that I just don't have time to be sort of sticking my hand into at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's always been one of those things where I'd love to try that. You know, what would sure. be your, the name of your pottery company? So you got chop. <sighs> we call it chop. mush. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll give it some thought. By the end of the show, I'll have a name for I like mush. Company. Keep it four letters, yes. you know. Toss. 
Toss. Toss. <laughs> Chop and toss. <laughs> fucking toss is good, too. Toss is really good. That's a good name for the fucking pottery class, pottery business, Toss. Yeah, that's the proud cool. oh, Good one. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> what about, uh, what do you guys think about, like, machining class? I'm like, we were just talking about Adam from Built Sharp. What about, like, machining and learning how to use some of those CNC machines or even programming for CNC routers and, and uh, like, laser engravers and stuff like that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Illustrator classes. Those would be really yeah. helpful. Yeah. I think a lot of people could, yeah, have, yeah, illustrate the classes would help a lot of people, actually. Um, it's yeah. really handy. Really, really handy for a lot of stuff. But, uh... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, that's a really good question. Wow, this is like a proper knife show this week. I'm telling we're, you, we got we got rid of the cameras, and all of a sudden we're we're, we're <laughs> dialing in. It's good. Get all of our clothes off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not just the pants. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, let me just play this quickly. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. You know you want to. You know you want to. Another question then um, from Dear River Craftsman. Um, how do you boys press the reset button when a bunch of stuff goes to shit in the workshop? He's asking for a friend, apparently. Um, always love the show. Tough situation. Um the Al East? I'm not quite sure what he means by that. Al East. Um, the Al East. Al East. Right. Okay. <laughs> the Al East. I don't know what that means either. The Al East is that's for that's for uh, that's for Alex Paul. <laughs> the Al East. Well, well, what's Al East? What's the Al East is the the uh, this uh, baseball uh, part of the Major League Baseball that's going for the wild card spot for the playoffs, and he's uh, Mark is a big. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays fan, and they just played the Yankees, and it, it, it's been the, the this has been crazy. The past couple of weeks have been kind of nuts, so it's like it's almost anybody's game still. So it's really that's kind of exciting, but you don't give a shit about that. It just called the no, Al East. It's fine, Al East. That's, that's from that's what <laughs> means nothing to me. The still. Al East is from like uh, the Bahrain <laughs> Baseball League. Never mind, my <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. Sorry. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, how do you press the reset button when the bunch of stuff goes to shit in the workshop? Um, I'm assuming he's, you know, when do you call it a day and restart a job? Uh, I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Um, if it's something that you wouldn't be proud to send out, I assume, you've got to, yeah, if you can't be fixed, you need to start again. Um, yeah, I've, I've been through this a bunch of times in the last few months while trying new stuff. Um, and if it's not, you know, 100% right, um, yeah, start again, back to the drawing board. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the sort of design process with me, where I spend a lot of time in the design process trying to make sure that I cut off any problems before I get to sort of the manufacturing side, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, shit still goes wrong. And um, yeah, it, it, it sucks. How to, especially you've got a bunch of hours invested in something, having to, yeah. you know, restart. But uh, we all do it, I'm afraid. I set myself up with like an easy win. <laughs> or or I do mm. something like my favorite part um is always the forging. And so I'll I'll stop whatever I'm doing if I'm have if I'm feeling really frustrated with a build or just keep making mistakes. I just set it down and step away from it cuz I know I'm either going to keep making mistakes or destroy something or whatever. So um I set myself up with something I like to do, make some Damascus, give myself kind of an easy win of stuff I like to do. Um, and, or just forge out a simple knife um, and just kind of get out of that mindset of frustration and anxiety mm. and stress um, from whatever's throwing me off and and then try to come back and approach it um, with less of that in me. I think also, like for, especially forging out a blade, that might be a good way to, <laughs> to let out some of your stress and frustration um, just through physical exhaustion. Um, maybe forge a couple of blades for all I care. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I I've, I found that sometimes where you, where you make a mistake, you concentrate on something, you make a mistake. So then you quickly get back to that point as quick as you can so you can get back to this bit again. Um, but then you make a stupid mistake doing something else and that frustration, mm-hmm. you know, and before you know it, you, 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 you're sort of three knives in and, you, you, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's really frustrating. That's, 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 a, good, that's a good one. Jeff, what what do you do when you're sort of hitting your head against a brick wall? My father, if my father was alive, he would say, "I I walk around in Schreigewald, which is Yiddish for throw yourself around." I uh, he I actually had to do a a friction folder to send down to Pat at the Center for Metal Arts because he wanted to take a photograph for the show for the class, and I gave myself a couple days, and it's just they weren't coming out as you know the center when you're doing something for the Center for Metal Arts. You just can't, you know, stuff sh- shoot one off of the wrist. So I was like doing one after the other, and I and I'd see something. I was just like, oh god, I can't send that one, and I can't send that one. They're gonna see that. I can't do that. And I was just doing over and over, and I was getting frustrated and frustrated. And I was like, God, I'm just wasting this time, and I, I should know better. And I, why am I? And it got really debilitating. It got really debilitating, mm-hmm. and I had to just be like, All right, fine. Just I gave up. I said I'm gonna come back at it at a different angle, but at the same time, until I got back into the shop, I was just like beating the shit out of myself, and it was really like, yeah. I've gotten to that point where it's like, it's so, way it's so hard. You're so hard on yourself. And it's like, God, I just wasted that money or I wasted that time. I could have been home instead of doing this. And it's hard, man. I think you just need to, like, knuckle up. And 
it better to walk away, but it's just so tempting to be like, I bet I can save it. I bet I can bring yeah. it back. And next thing you know, you're just like another hour's pass and you're just like, fuck, I should have left an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you get that thought of like, there's no way this is going to beat me. I'm going to keep going. Right. But you keep making more and more mistakes and just like, yeah, right. you're right. You just need to uh, back off and uh, do something else for a bit. Yeah. One thing for me is with the the knives I make for fader knives is I've really kind of gotten every stage to the point where I don't find myself in these problems. Can you just go back a sec? Which, which you make for fader knives? It sounded like the fader knives ink. I got You've fucking taken on a member of staff, and all of a sudden it's a different entity fu- now. No, now it's I, I got a business part. Tony's my business partner. It's not just mine. I got fucking <sighs> thing. I got fucking. Pe- I mean, what am I going to call my? I mean, I can't, you know, I got to be mindful. You know, I got f- there are people here. I'm not. It, this is a a group effort. Craig. Fader knives ink. This ain't mush pottery <laughs> or fucking toss pottery. You know, this is this is some fucking thing, man. And um. I don't even know what I was saying. I don't even know what you fucking derailed me. I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> you were pushing, you were pushing Fader Knives Inc. LLC. I don't know. I have no idea. To be honest with you, I'm all fucking for, for, <laughs> for clamped. I have no idea. But oh, it's just that I've cut down all the processes, so it really is. I always know where I'm at at every stage. So there's these hmm. stopping points put me in a position where it's hard to go over the the what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I I'm always I'm always coming in where I'm supposed to be be at and I'm not like making giant errors because I'm doing things over and over again and they have very specific stopping points. Yeah. Right. There you go. Vader Knives know. Inc. It's LLC, goddamn man. Don't forget. <laughs> All right. I was going to give you the playoff music then, just for promoting your company one more time. I deserve it. It's Fill me out. It's fine. Okay, listen to feedback. What have we got? Well, here's your choice on listener. You can talk. We can. I can regularly listen to feedback or in regards to this uh, live versus not live. Uh, let's do the live versus not live, but not dwell on it too long, maybe. I'll read a few and we'll see how it goes. This one's anonymous just because there's no need for problems. Uh, just listen to the show in regards to live show versus non-live. Here's my opinion. I don't hear a difference in the audio quality, if that's what you're talking about. I also don't think the live audience adds anything to the show. If anything, it's a little annoying because it's the same dudes chiming in. Just my two cents. I'll listen either way. (laughs) He's dissing our listeners. Uh, that's why, yeah. you know, that's why I anonymous. I mean, him. but it, um, they're not wrong though. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, WCSBR Forge work that a uh, Forge that's uh, our buddy Wesley says, "Hey guys, quick question: Does it affect your numbers if I watch the video on YouTube or, and not download it on Spotify? I tend to do both. I watch." When I can, and then listen when I can. Audio sounds great on the audio only version. I can't tell a difference between them really. Um, does it make a difference? Um, well, it does, but I mean, we have such little numbers who are watching anyway. Um, that is, you know, it's such a small, small. It's, you know, it's it's one or two percent. You know, it, it's nothing. Yes, it's nothing worth uh, worrying about. Uh, but I'm surprised people are saying that they couldn't tell the difference with the audio. Me too. Because, uh, it's like I can tell a huge difference. It's, it's shocking. It's painful to me. at times. Shocking yeah. to me. And it's because, from my end, because you know I can't have lights on in my car because I'll turn it turn into a, like a hot box. I it's hmm. like I have to be in the middle of the show and then I I hear my own echo. So and then all of a sudden I'm just like it gets me tight. 
Samuel Fleet. So you're back in the truck. I'm in the truck right now. I'm, I'm, I'm much more comfortable. Now it's getting cooler, too. It's great. But yeah. I get the best audio out of here because I'm, I'm kind of containing. There's no echo. Yeah. Uh, Samuel yeah, Fleetwood says, hey, guys, first off, amazing show. No need to reply to my comment. I listen to my tiny shop on Mondays, and I do appreciate the live aspect. Things come up that otherwise wouldn't, and it's fun to hear about Greg's balls and ongoing comments from the chat as well. <laughs> That's my vote. Thanks for the effort. Cheers from Switzerland. Who's Greg? He wrote Greg, and that's what I wrote. I said, who the fuck is Greg? And he goes, oh, I mean Craig. <laughs> I thought he meant Jeff, to be honest with you, because everyone, you know, you know, George. Uh, I'll read you a couple more. J.D. Eiler George says, listener feedback uh, for the audio only. I keep... Uh, keep the live show. I haven't noticed any drop in quality, except maybe on the last episode, Mareko came through a little choppy. Uh, but even then, it wasn't that bad. Love getting to hear all the little quips, and I think you're all reacting to live stuff is great. And then this is the. I'll read this last one just because it's like uh, Buster Cooey says. Since you asked for our thoughts on the live, the sound quality seems close between the two formats on my speakers. Downside of the live, I don't watch the live. When I'm listening the next the next week and someone comments, it grabs your attention and seems to interrupt the flow of the conversation. I agree with that. Sometimes mm, yeah. uh, for a funny bit, but most of the time it's just a distract. Plus, if the three of you are reading comments, you're not fully invested in the conversation. I agree with that too. The week before, it seemed like Craig and Jeff were more engaged with the distractions of the comments. Are the numbers of people uh, attending live more than listening during the week? If it's close to that, continue live. But it's a small percentage. I'd suggest only a special two to three times a year. Just my two cents. I'm glad there are three of you are still making the time. Thanks for the entertainment. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you mentioned a special. Because I was thinking, you know, what if we did like a first Friday or something like that? But maybe that's even too frequent. I mm. I like the idea of doing something special. I love the idea of us doing little changes every so often because it is good to kind of like liven things up a bit. I do get tight when I see comments and maybe I don't, I don't like them very much. <laughs> it did like, I, I remember stopping at one point to address it. And I thought to myself afterwards, I really shouldn't have because it makes it harder to understand if you're listening on Monday, you know, because you have to set this yeah. stuff up. There's a lot of podcasts sure. that don't set anything up. So you, you're you just like, what did that mean? I don't understand what that meant. So I'm on the fence. Yeah. And then I, I, I think we will I, say, I think we will go back to it. But at the moment. Once in a while. Uh, yeah, once in a while and for specials. Um, you know, this all, this all started when we did the, that Dharma Steel um, Chef Invitational last right. year. Because we hadn't done video really until then. Um, certainly not the way we were doing it with, you know, live comments and all the rest of it um and that show was fucking brilliant um but i think mainly because we had a bunch of makers who were actually physically coming in as well into into the sort of booth that we had so we could see them um and there was really good interaction that way um so yeah that sort of kick-started it but um there is another one coming up so when we're talking about you know going back to video for specials um, I think we'll certainly do it again for Dharma Steel. Um, so that November the 13th is the Chef Invitational. Um, they are now, actually, we've, we've got a link here, which I'll put in the show notes. People can now register to attend. Um, so I'll put that link in the show notes here. So wherever you listen, however you're listening to this um, show, look in the show notes. There'll be a link. You can register to be part of the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational. Um, we'll be doing a live show, so you can, you can join us. There'll be video. Um, 
they have a bunch of amazing, amazing makers um, who, who all have their own sort of booths where it's basically a virtual knife show. You can go in, you can speak to the maker, you can see their work, that kind of thing. Um, but they'll be dropping in to see us as well during, during that show. Um, and if it was anything like last year, it was lots and lots of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, we spoke to some really, really cool people. We saw some amazing work. Um, but yeah, so if you're not there, you're going to be missing out. So November the 13th, um, there's a link in the show notes. Register yourself. Um, you'll get an update email then, you know, to let you know when they're going live, that kind of thing. Um, and don't miss out on the fun. It's, it's, it's a really good day. And this message is for our Italian friend, Alfredo. You better come <laughs> on this time. You better come on this time. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, yes. you didn't want to come on the last time, and you're coming on this time, so that's it. <laughs> okay, shall we do maybe a couple more questions? You get tough um, scenarios, too, whatever you want. Um, let's do one more question, then go back to tough scenarios, maybe. Um, do you want to take the next one, Jeff? Uh, yes, I do want to take the next one. Uh, Direct Metalworks says, A customer emailed me and said that he used my Damascus chef knife to, quote, chop a t-bone to test the edge and fuck the edge up and wants a refund what orifice do you suggest i tell him to shove it up thanks urethra shove it up your urethra jesus christ uncomfortably um yeah i i suppose it's he's not educated enough is he this uh this customer um to, you know if you're using a a fine chef knife to cut through bone like that um it's the wrong wrong knife and he should really know that so somebody watched you have a times. no if he's admitted to that's what he's done um no um no i personally i wouldn't um would you well, I mean, I would have a, I got a hard time with, with, with conflict. It would be like, I don't know, man. That's, I heard a story. I don't know if we told it or someone, we heard it from somewhere. Somebody went to a uh, knife uh, conference and then they turned their back and somebody took um, one of the knives off the table and just used it to chop a tree and fuck the whole thing up. <laughs> Put it, brought it back and like fuck the whole thing up. And it was like, all of a sudden, I turn my back, and the knife is fucking totally fucked up. I don't know why people have to test things all the time. It's just like yeah, I'm changing. I'm changing my mind as you're saying that because I'm just rereading this <laughs> actually, and it says, and he fucked the edge up. So he did. I, I was imagining it fucking snapped or something, you know. Um, it didn't. He just fucked the edge up. So yeah, I'd say send it in, you you silly bugger, and um, I'll fix the edge on it. But yeah, sorry, I I, I thought he'd actually broken the knife. Um, but no, he's obviously just dinged the edge. So yeah, I fix it and just tell him how. But it sounds like this guy wants a refund. You guy wants give a him refund. a refund? No, no, no way, no way. I'd fix it um, and tell him he's stupid. Oh, yeah. But um, I wouldn't give him a refund. No way. <laughs> I'll fix it for you, you stupid fucker. Yeah, I'd love, exactly. I'd love for you <laughs> yeah. to say that to your customer. <laughs> oh god! But then you got this person in your life. Then you know that the next problem is he's going to call you again. Ugh. You know what I mean? These difficult mm. people stay difficult. They don't like. They start <laughs> off difficult and they stay difficult the whole time. I like. It's that. true. Yeah. I mean, it's like I. We know now. We know a guy will creep into my DMs, send me a million questions, and then I answer them all, and then they don't buy anything, <laughs> and then they, all of a sudden they're 
nickel and diming me. And then they're nickel and diming. I had one guy try to use Knife Talk 10 to buy a knife. And it was like, <laughs> and Tony, it was like, Tony's like, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about this? And it was like, the guy was, everybody, it's, it's like, you're difficult in the beginning. You're going to stay difficult to the end. It's just there's no way about it. So it's like maybe you want to get this guy out of your life. Or if you don't care, if you don't mind a little conflict, me, I get like I'm a fucking mess. I, I can't handle major conflict. It just it, mm. it, it I internalize it very, very badly. So I'd be I would probably tell Tony give him just get the fucking get the fucking get him out of our lives. I've had wow. I've returned mm. years ago a guy. Was difficult in the beginning, difficult to the end. Got the knife, decided he didn't like it for whatever reason, and want a refund. I said, "I'll fuck, I, give me the knife back. I don't want you in my life. I'll give you everything back except for the shipping." Yeah, I I had I had one maybe three or four years ago. Uh, it was a chef knife. Um, he seemed very happy with it. Um, about three weeks later, he then replied saying, well, I'm holding this, this blade down and I can see sort of daylight on the cutting, on the straight part of the cutting edge where it's, it's not straight. So it's not cutting all the way through stuff. And I'm like, well, how have you been sharpening that? How sharpening it? And he showed me this steel, which was like rough as fuck, you know, and he'd, he'd clearly been just, the edge was just chewed to bits. Mm. I'm like, well, that's the problem. Anyway, we, we were talking. I said, okay, fine. I said, send it back to me. I'll give you a refund now and send it back to me. And he never did send it back. And, um, you know, I didn't chase him up on it. But then, like, like two years later, like, I, I was following him on Instagram. And about two years later, he's got this picture of this and he's still using this knife. And I'm thinking, that fucker. That's so okay. He had a full refund on that. And he oh, didn't send oh, it back. God. He's still using it. Wait a second. Yeah. You gave him a refund? He didn't send it back? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't chase up on it because I was like, "Well, it's it's what dead now anyway." Asshole. You know. But he was still using it, and I was thinking, "You what a garbage you human being." Uh, we don't know there. that guy. I don't know that guy. Do I? Uh, no. No. Um. He he was a friend of a family member actually, which is Holy why it was all shit. it was all a bit awkward. Dude. Yeah. Uh, bad, bad move. Well, listen. Hmm. I mean, he has to live with himself being that fucking stupid. So at least you're not there. True. <laughs> true. I don't th- true. Clearly, when asshole. you're an asshole in the beginning, you're an asshole in the end too. So I'm sure he sleeps yes, perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. You know? What are you doing, Marco? Are you are you giving this guy his money back? Are you yeah. fixing it? What are you doing? So I've talked about my terms of use a few times before in the past, and it is actually in our mm-hmm. terms of use that if the knife is used outside of normal wear and tear and use, like chopping a fucking bone, which a chef's knife <laughs> is not designed for then they do not get a refund. I might fix it, but they're not getting a refund. There's no way. Mm. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, fully agree. Terms of use. Terms of use. And what's great about the terms of use is it's in there and it's part of that contract, but I can also pick and choose and decide if I really want to adhere to that or make exceptions here and there. But Mm. the purpose of them is so that my ass is covered for... Dum dums like this guy. Ugh, I I just it gets me so tight when I hear stuff like that. It's like it's just so annoying. They never. I still to this day I I sold a Damascus knife, and I explained to him about the use and we explained to him what's going to happen and it's carbon steel and it's carbon steel and he's like I know I know I know I know I know, and I get a message saying 
hey, uh, is this supposed to change color? I'm like, motherfucker, don't you remember me talking to you about this? They don't listen. People just don't listen. I've, I've got a very similar story, um, and it was actually a MasterChef UK winner here um, on the TV. He was MasterChef UK, but he was from the same town as me, and I knew him. Um, and his girlfriend, um, they're married now, but his girlfriend um, b- bought one of my knives for him for Christmas, so he didn't know about it. Um, and she wanted a carbon steel knife. I was like, fine, fine. Um, so the, uh, about a week after, then I get an email from him saying, is it meant to rust? I put it in the dishwasher. Is it meant to rust? Oh, like, my God. Fuck. Is it fuck. meant to rust? So, yeah, people don't know, I suppose. And since then, I've, I actually, you know, the, the, I've, I've, actually, it's taken down from my website now because it's, it's the newer design. But I did have a video explaining the difference between the two. Um, and when anybody come to the, you know, the selection of, you know, what kind of knife you want, you, there was always a link to this video, so you, you know, mm. you you were aware of the difference between a stainless and a high carbon knife. Um, maybe I should put that video back up, actually. But um, yeah, it just goes to show people don't don't really know. You know, we know because it's it's part of what we do every day. But the most chefs don't. But are you surprised? Most people don't listen at all to anything, anyway. I mean, mm. in general, in general. You know, people don't listen to their doctors. That's the that's the that's a fact. You know, people don't people don't listen to their doctors. Yeah. You know, and they, they don't listen to any. They don't. Nobody wants to listen to authority. They just want to do their thing. And then, you know, it's like LL Bean. We, my dad used to love LL Bean with this company in the United States up in Maine. <laughs> sell the you know the boots and stuff. And if something was wrong, you send it back, no questions asked. We used to send back the same goddamn shoes like every year. It was just like, just because it was like, <laughs> let's get a new pair. Let's get a new pair. Send them back. And it's like, right. you just, there's sometimes people just want what they want and they just got real, relatively unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they won't, you know, listen to advice. No. But, but I've got advice for all of our listeners here. If you are hand sanding blades, which most of you are, you're going to, you're going to want to use the best paper you can actually use, sandpaper you can find. And that's from Indassa. That's RhinoWet. Um, it's what I use. Jeff uses it. Mareko uses it. Everybody uses RhinoWet. It's the best, best stuff. It's made by Indassa, um, but we can get you a discount. If you go to texasfariosupply.com, um, you can get 10% off any RhinoWet. And they've got all the different grits that you could possibly need. But not just the RhinoWet, but also just lots of other stuff for knife makers too. They've got a whole section there of you know stuff that you need as a knife maker. So head on over to texasfariosupply.com, um, see what they've got. Fill up your basket and use Knife Talk 10 and get yourself that juicy, juicy discount. Can I offer a follow-up <sighs> tip for hand sanding that oh, I've started man. doing? Go ahead. All right. This is a real knife show today. Um, it really is. <laughs> so lately, I've been using... So I do my normal scrubbing with my sandpaper. But when I do the final strokes... So I've, I, I'm using my hand sanding stick that has kind of a, a dense rubber backer, kind of a gasket material. But then what I've started doing after that is, and you can find this felt stuff at like the Dollar Tree or the hardware store, but you usually put it like on the bottom of the feet of like furniture and stuff so they don't scratch the wooden floors. Mm. But it has that little bit of give so you're not using a hard backing and then put somehow use uh, attach the sandpaper on top of that and because it has that little bit of give, especially for Damascus, I've been finding this makes a, a big difference in how, how well the coffee etch comes out. Um, but you 
then after doing the hard backing pull strokes, you use the soft backing and pull strokes. And that way you're not burnishing any of the surface. And, and you have fresh, clean cuts in the surface of your blade. And it's super counterintuitive. But the, the fresher the, the cuts, the cleaner the cuts, instead of burnished surface, you will get a better contrast. And I've been, I've been using those felt backings. Um, for the final strokes on my blades before I put them into the ferric and then the coffee for the coffee etch and all that stuff. And it has been a huge game changer for me. And when you say burnish, you mean closer to like almost a mere finished kind of, right? Yeah, exactly. And which is a finish you can achieve if you go through the progression up to like 2000 or 4000 or whatever grit. But on I've been finding on my Damascus that if you take maybe like a 600 grit and you you're scrubbing it and you know like the first few scrubs you can feel it cutting but then it's not necessarily cutting as nicely like five or six strokes in but you're still going at it you're starting to close up that surface and there's something about which, which is the burnishing action and so when you close up that surface for whatever reason especially the 15 and 20 when it's broader portions or broader lines it will start it'll stain it'll pick up the coloration of the ferric or the coffee rather than a fresh cut it seems like you would want to polish it really high high gloss but i in my experience i've been finding that a fresh clean cut uh, gets a better uh, contrast damn we're never gonna do a live show again fucking good <laughs> this is a fucking good one dudes fucking monday baby all you friday guys you're out this is monday time yeah okay let's do a a, a tricky situation what was what, it we call tough these, scenarios these tough scenarios answered That's honestly and not phony all right this one okay. this one's intense this one comes from our friend rock durant great name rock durant we're with you rock Here's a tough scenario. Your girlfriend's parents were really disrespectful to you to the point where you won't even go over to their house anymore. And your girl. That's daily. That's daily for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, my wife. Sorry, sorry. She may be listening. <laughs> and your girlfriend. Your girlfriend agrees that it's way out of, uh, way out of hand as you re- and respect your decision. That uh, that you don't go, that you're not going to go, but it's you can tell that it's tearing her up inside. Do you go over and play nice, or do you stand your ground? That's a tough one, dude. I feel like that's on her parents. Well, of course, I mean, but I mean, what fucking... do you? But I mean, you can't control other people's actions. Her parents I are think nice. What's key, They're not nice to him. What's key here is it, this is girlfriend, not wife. So we're talking early stages here at the moment. You <laughs> know, out, you rock. still want. Watch out, Rock. <laughs> You're going to get some advice. Relationship that You might not want to hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> if this is early stages relationship, you're going to do anything it takes really, aren't you? You're going to do whatever it takes. So, so bite that lip and knowing that, you know, you're going to get rewarded for it later. <laughs> I I thought you were going to say cut her loose. I thought that's what that was. I thought that was the cut. Get it's as early in the relationship. Cut her loose. No, no, no. The opposite. The opposite. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Morocco? Mm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would probably. I don't know. I've never had that situation. It's hard to think about. Um. Everybody's always loved me. 
Oh, look at you. <laughs> See, Rock, that's what you got to be lovable. That's the answer is you got to be more lovable, Rock. You got to be like Mareko. You like be lovable. My father told me when I was younger that you marry the woman, not their family. Mm. And he did not get along with my mother's family. They, he just kind of like <laughs> he did not get along with him. But he was also married four times, so his 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 marriage <laughs> advice I always advice. moved. His marriage advice, I was just like, yo. Don't talk to me about track records there, Mario Andretti. Your shit isn't happening right now. It was like Ross from Friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just oh like, God. I mean, like, come on. You're going to give me, at this point, I should be giving you marriage advice. So <laughs> there, I do kind of tend to believe that you marry the person that you're with. But at the same time, like, I'm also, I have, I have a problem. I'm probably too much of a pleaser. So I'm probably going to try to get in there and, like, you know, be the bigger person and, like, try to do right by my girl and let her let her know that you know you you care about her feelings and i i would probably like try to like win them over send them a you know send them something you know send them a fruit basket or something like that and say hello here has a, a couple of bananas for the <laughs> <laughs> okay next couple one comes from too. north mountain knives you order something shipped to you it gets lost in the mail. You contact the company who sends you replacement. Then weeks later, the first package arrives. Do you keep it and hope no one notices or what? So you order something. It doesn't arrive. You call them up. It didn't arrive. They send you another one. And then the first one arrives. Now you got two of the same thing. Do you call them up and tell them? I think it depends on the size of the company. Like if it's a little mom and pop place, I'm sending it back. But if it's a massive place, like, I don't know. Part of me feels like that's on them. Hmm. It's a diff difficult one, this, because this is something that I go through a lot um, because shipping here is, is the worst thing possible. Um, and I find myself in that situation a lot as well, having, having to resend orders or sometimes they'll say, no, I've got it now, it's fine. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that everybody would answer with, I'd send it back. But I know for a fact people don't. Um, but when it comes to me, I, uh, I pr I'd probably be in the same line as Moreco, but which is wrong because... <laughs> uh, you know who's to know just because a company is huge doesn't mean sure. that it's you know it's doing well and you know particularly at the moment we're seeing these huge companies all going yeah. under and so on but um yeah i probably my my gut instinct is, is let Morocco if it's if it's a if it's you know a maker of a small company um you you would tell them if it's a huge company you know if it's amazon for example you can be like oh fuck those guys <laughs> you know <laughs> But whether that's right or not, I don't know. I, I, it's not right, but that's that's the way I'd go with it. I've had accidentals where I'll get an extra, and then I'll call them up and say, "Hey, by the way, you sent me an extra something or other." And a lot of times they'll just say, "I oh, just keep it. It's okay." Obviously, we're not talking mm. about like a Tesla or something like that. But I mean, we're talking about like <laughs> something small. I uh, I tend to think honesty is the best policy. I had a customer once years ago when I was making those uh, fabricated steel roses for Valentine's Day. I went on a fucking rampage and made those 
those you know what i'm talking about those bullshit yeah. steel roses that i mean sorry everybody and those those steel roses that you're gonna <laughs> conk your valentine over the head with <laughs> i love that you. some marketing speak you used got, to sell those things i, mean, back I was in making the day. them <laughs> shits back to 10 15 years ago and and they're just like they're the most unromantic thing of all time p.s i mean it's like give yourself give your wife a blackjack for christ's sakes <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving someone a baseball bat as a love note. It's a steel rose. They're so unromantic. I'm sorry, everybody, but come on, let's be clear. Those fucking things are like giving your wife a mace. I mean, what the fuck are you going to do with that thing? Is that, smell is that a kind of rose you hold on to when you're floating to the bottom of the river with some it's the one. Shoes? Yeah, it's the yeah. one you use to conk your, someone, a robber in your house with. Get me my rose. Get me my beautiful rose and then knock someone's head off. So oh, I was Jesus. making those, and um, take it easy, everybody who makes <laughs> steel roses. I know you're all like, wait a second. I do that all the time to relax. I was just making a joke. And I remember sending one to this guy for Valentine's Day, and he says, it didn't arrive. It didn't arrive. This is important. This is important. I'm like, I'll send you another one. I overnighted him a second one because, obviously, you know, everyone gets hot for Valentine's Day. And he said, you know, weeks later, it arrived. The first one arrived, and I was like, Ugh. and he's just. I I just said I just keep it, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck this guy for, for fucking keeping it. He should have sent it back. You know, it was just like he never said a word. He kind of said a word. Oh yeah, the first one arrived. Oh. I'll give it to my. I'll give it to my next girlfriend. I'm like, Ugh. ass wipe. <laughs> so Jesus. Here's a couple more. I, I have one more. I have a couple more dilemmas or whatever you guys want to do. Um, here's a dilemma from pickle cutters. The dilemma is waking up and being your own boss. <laughs> that's that's the dilemma. Pickle cutters. Yeah, it's pickle cutters. Come on, man. Pickle cutters. Is that like um, a weird term for like buttholes? No. <laughs> <laughs> that just derailed the show. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> You gotta fucking <laughs> the, the pickle cutter. You, you fucking got a good one out of that's the best laugh. We've got that at Craig in a long time. Congratulations, Marekka. You did a good job. Pickle cutters. It wasn't me, man. I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. This next one comes from Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Here's the moral dilemma submission. Let's say you're selling a knife for a sizable amount of money and a customer is buying the knife. But you know, <laughs> why are you still laughing? Let's say you're selling a knife for a sizable amount of <laughs> sizable amount of money. Uh, a customer is buying the knife, but you know they're doing so without being financially reasonable for themselves. Example: that they're compromising their ability to pay their mortgage. Or they took out a loan from a small loan shark to be able to afford it. Do you follow through with this sale? Uh, thanks, guys, for awesome work. Back to the grinder so I can hand sand before the live show. No live show this week, sorry, yeah. Mackenzie. So if you think someone really shouldn't be affording your knife and they are making a huge mistake, do you talk them out of it? I, it's, I mean, how would you know? That's that's the main thing. I mean, if 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 you know them that personally, um, and that was the case, yeah, you could have a word with them. But you know, they're generally not selling knives to people we know personally, we because you know that market runs out very very quickly. 
Um, so you wouldn't know. But but that does bring up a point, actually. It's something that I've been considering. So um, with most um, you know website companies that you use, whoever you're using to host your website, um, they all have you know a, a payment provider, whether it's PayPal or Stripe or that kind of thing. A lot of them now are offering these you know pay in you know three installments or four installments kinds of things. So it's like a micro. Um, yeah, that, that that kind of thing, and you know, you don't have to do anything. You know, the owner of the website, you know, is just another sort of payment provider, um, and that's something I've been considering actually. Just you know, just sticking one of them on the site because then if people do want it, they can you know, they pay over maybe three or four months, uh, but they get immediately. So I get the full amount immediately. They get the knife immediately, and then there's a credit agreement agreed I with see. you know this third party. Person, yeah, um, right. yeah, yeah, and it's quite common here in France as well for a lot of things um so i'm considering actually just sticking that on the website you know for that for that purpose but um that's interesting yeah i, I you don't really you know i 99.9 percent .9 of my customers i have no idea who they are let alone their sort of financial history so yeah but you know so, I mean, yeah. he, this, this is like this guy knows this guy shouldn't be doing this if you know they shouldn't i, I mean yeah, I I personally would have a word and say you sh are you sure this is what you want to be doing, you know? Um you know, if you know them that personally. Yeah, it's still, I I can't ever see that situation happening, but um if if I did know them and I knew they were struggling financially, yeah, I I'd, I'd certainly say to them, you know, let's not do this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh Honor Kaglar does a layaway He'll do, he'll, he said recently, uh, and I'm obviously dies in every film is he's the best. He's, you know, good dude. And he said, he was saying, he's like, look, I've had people drop out because they don't have the money. Like they order the knife and then all of a sudden I come to pay and then they're just like, oh, sorry, dude, I don't have the money. And he says, mm. you know what? I'll give you a payment plan. That's fine. I'll hold it. It's a payment plan. I don't mind. I'd rather you have the knife and whatever than just like, do that and you know he's a good dude I, I think there is something to be said about the fact that some things are too expensive and you get in a fever and you're just like blah 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 one of the things that i wanted to know if you guys would ever do is have you ever been to a bar or out drinking no. with someone and no. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then you know the person you're with shouldn't be drinking anymore and then they go to the bathroom and then you tell the bartender to not serve them anymore I've definitely You've done, done that? that. No, you have never done that. Yeah. And what was the response? Uh, the bartender agreed, and and <laughs> I, I convinced the friend that we should go somewhere else. And usually, that somewhere else is a late night diner where we get some food, and then we call it a night. <laughs> I recently, not recently, a number of years ago, my friend and I were out, and another friend of ours showed up, another person we knew, and I knew, we knew that he had driven there, and he just started to he's one of these guys that you get a couple drinks in him and they're they're clearly bombed and he went to the bathroom and we told the bartender i'm like yo listen don't serve this dude anymore and he goes okay okay i was like because this guy dude's got to drive home he's a mess don't serve him anymore guy comes down out back from the bathroom he says okay i'll have another one and the bartender's like okay here you go it was like i thought we had a fucking thing <laughs> we're looking at the bartender like hey, remember that time we were i told you not to serve him anymore he's like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Remember that time ten seconds ago? Yeah, I was just like, "What the fuck yeah. was I? Was I? Was I he, he, he was talking to me, wasn't he?" 
So there's that. Um, so wait, wait, wait. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'd, I'd. If I knew them personally, I would say something. But the chances are, I don't know them personally, so um, I wouldn't say anything because I wouldn't know. I got one more from, uh, if you want to keep going, at one, we got one from Matt Burchett. Matt Burchett says, would you rather make 50% more money per year doing the exact same work that you are doing now, except you have to watch every knife you make get smashed in a hydraulic press, or make, <laughs> or make 25% less and ship the items out per normal? Thanks for the great show. Craig's answer is yes. we should start fucking answering for each other i thought about that like we should be saying what would each other say that that, that's the next part of the evolution of this bit craig would say yes you either work as you are now for 25 percent less right or take a 50 percent increase and then every knife gets smashed in front of your eyes what world do these people live <laughs> I mean, they're trying... What, 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 <laughs> what do they think? Listen, can I just tell you um, something? About, the, the majority of the of the question of the dilemmas we get are not good. And it's like, if I get one that's knife-related so and it's not sex-related, it's not sex-related, it's not like, you know, something about our wives or our, you know, or, or whatever, oh, I'm going to take the knife getting crushed in the hydraulic press every single time. Because at least it's normal. Yeah. Yeah, um, and with regards to the answer, um, yes, I'm also <laughs> going to take the 50% increase and watch each knife get destroyed. Morocco wins, um, Morocco wins. Who, who's doing this? It's like some Bond villain destroying these <laughs> knives as if for us. What, <laughs> what's the scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I've expected you, Mr. Just... Lockwood. Have you brought your knives? <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really along the lines of... It's, I think the question comes from how connected are we to our work. That's really sure. what most of these questions revolve around because I think most of the listeners are not really in, you know, like business business where it's mm-hmm. more like this is kind of new and then you have more of a feeling of of uh, connection with the work that you're doing and you want it to go to a certain person, and you want it to be used a certain way and you want the, you want this to be like this magnanimous situation where, you know, so it's just the question of how, you know, how, how much do you feel about the work that you're doing and are you willing to like, sure. is, is the money more important than your artistic expression? Sure. Well, I, I still get to make stuff. I don't have to deal with customers, and I get fifty percent more. This is like the ideal situation. <laughs> this isn't like a, a Sophie's this choice. This, this is, is this dream. Is, this is the dream. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I I'm with Craig. I would take the pay increase, and I think the value I take from the work I make is actually in the process of making it. And the lessons I learn along the way for each one, I, you know, I finish it and I send it out. And they're, I mean, I'm, for all I know, they're getting destroyed anyways by some dumb dumb smashing it into fucking T-bone steak or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be happy to watch that. I'd be just fine. Um, I actually, I follow the Hydraulic Press channel on Instagram where they're smashing all kinds of ridiculous stuff. And three posts back, I just pulled it up. They were smashing... Uh, what looked to be like fifty to one hundred bearing rings, oh and it God. is devastating what they're doing. It's just, ugh, it's horrifying. Good thing they're behind like shatterproof 
like Lexane glass or something like that because holy shit i can't just like the velocity at which like that steel is f- shooting everywhere just shrapnel it's nuts anyways Jeff, are you taking it? Oh, I take the money, the and then I would also take the crushed <laughs> knives, and then I'd make sculpture with the crushed knives. <laughs> of course, there you, you would. <laughs> Double money. I got a hey, funny. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you hate. I thought you hated re, like reclaimed. Yeah, but uh, if metal I'm crushing art. it, yeah, if I made it from the beginning, and then I'm crushing it, then I'm not reclaiming it. I'm like adding to it. It's adding to the adding to the whole thing. It's not really reclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> just another process. It's like acid etching, or it's like coffee etching, except for under the sure. hydraulic press. I had, um, when I was in college, we, the sculptors got together and were just like, look, there are a lot of classes that would be perfectly happy taking a sculpture over a paper. And we realized that the teachers would love it if we did these, like, off the, you know, out of the box you know, reports. So we would, all the welders, we would all like make these fast sculptures to, you know, I was in this Japanese history class and made this bullshit sword. And, you know, I was in a, you know, I was in this um, biology class and I made this sculpture about biology. You know, I was cutting stuff with the plasma cutter, welding all up and, you know, doing the welding voodoo. And it was like, I had one friend of mine who made a sculpture for, like, an English class. This is all, we're all seniors, so we're just trying to, like, you know, like, just get past the end and, you know. And she made a sculpture for an art class. Then she used it for another class. And she almost got Ooh. it. So, basically, she's double up. And basically what I was saying, I'm going to crush the knife under the hydraulic press. And I'm going to turn it into a sculpture. She almost got suspended, because there was a policy about not submitting the same paper or project for two classes. And we had to do everything we could to make sure she graduated. This is like a month before graduation. And it was like we had to do, pull all the stops out because you can't double dip. And I never forgot that. Well, there you go. I think that's a show. I'll tell you what we haven't done. We've talked about uh, the Broadbeck uh, grinders um, and the, the different arms and all that kind of stuff and the platens, um, but we didn't talk about their current deal at the moment. Um, so they've got a deal, haven't they? If you use Knife Talk um, as a promo code at um, broadbeckironworks.com, you will get the the DP platen free. And is is that right? Yeah, the I think it's the upgrade, yeah. Yeah, the upgrade. You get the upgrade pack, right. Okay, cool, cool. Just making sure our sponsors are happy. Oh, yeah. Is that a show? Do you think that's a show? Yeah, why not? We had a good one. Should we? Yeah, it was a good one. That was very informative, oh, too. kidding me? Jeez. <laughs> Actually learned some shit. Wow. <laughs> right, thank you all for listening. Um, and this is the, um, the fifth incarnation of the Knife Talk podcast. Audio rules. Contact us via DM oh, at Knife Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily it rules. Oh, jeez. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. That's funny. That was a genuine slip end. <laughs> that was funny. Did, I, I, so, I really believe if we're, just, if we're not really concentrating on other people, it's a different dynamic. Sure. Mm, I agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
and there's no weird audio slips and stuff like that. I listened to something this week, and I just I have to tell you, and it's, it's totally my own narcissism for telling you this, but that's just the way it is. Howard Stern interviewed Mick Jagger, and it was like two of my worlds colliding, and it was this it was a big setup, uh, big turnaround, and everything like that, and it was this very interesting part of in, uh, in um, of having an interview because Mick was has been elusive to Howard for like 30 40 years and he finally gets him but he only gets 40 minutes with him and it was a really good interview except for the fact they made him leave like they said all right Mick's got to go and you could hear this <clears throat> you could hear this depression because Howard was like I'll never get him again and I didn't get the questions I wanted and you heard this really it was really an intense after the interview depression really interesting mm. so oh right okay that was it okay <laughs> all right so that was all i had to say so that there you go i know how how it feels now yeah but, but it was interesting in terms of like interviewing because when uh, on when we mm. interview people you have to you have to establish a degree of chemistry and you don't especially if you have a short amount of time i mean that's why i go to almost two hours with full blast because i'm trying to like establish chemistry to get some good audio and it was just interesting to me for mm. that I, I don't I, I brought it up for no reason other than yeah it was like but I can imagine these you know sort of rock stars that they do sort of the rounds of all the um you know all, all the different media and all the different press and I bet you know they, they're being told you got like eight minutes with this one person and they're never going to develop any sort of relationship so I bet they're just getting fired the same questions all the time you know and it's just like oh. it was it was Mick, Mick Mick doesn't do any interviews and he they like were they've been working on the getting him in on the Howard show forever and it was really it was a it was a very interesting it was an inter interesting interview but it was more interesting about the how you do an interview and then the expectations and mm. having the you know the hit that was his Moby Dick of interviews that's the white whale is and then it didn't go the way he wanted it to and it was just like kind of more interesting in regards to like how an interviewer interviews but hmm. yeah I got a question for you regarding mm. Howard Stern Jeff how did you feel he was on America's Got Talent as a judge right yeah. Did you watch any of those? How did you no. feel about him doing that? Did you did you feel like he was kind of selling out, or <clears throat> did you have any weird feelings about? Because you obviously you admire and respect and revere him, and then he does this fucking silly ass show where all these goofballs are on stage. Some people are doing great stuff, but others are doing some wacky ass shit. That's a great question, and. It's something that, you know, that he's been doing radio for over 40 years. Like, I remember hearing him when I was, like, seven in the car, his first, his first week, his first week in New York. And he changed. And one of the things that he changed, because he couldn't just do strippers throwing baloney at strippers' asses all the time, because it was preventing him from getting certain guests. Like, now... The guests he has gotten have been in, totally insane. He is he is one of the best interviewers around. And what he did was he made a change a number of years ago where he has now this almost like this executive producer above executive producers that helped kind of like change his... They tried to make the office more... From what I've read, her name is Marcy Turk, and she basically is the go-between between his whole staff and uh, Howard, and then he they wanted him to be a little bit more likable so he could get more, <clears throat> so he could 
get more, um, you know, good interviews. So the the yeah. America's Got Talent was trying to like soften his soften his image, and also as you age, you change. You're not just gonna do like strippers sure. and strippers for the rest and porn stars for the rest of your life. So boring. it was a, it was a calculated. It was a calculated. What'd you say? <laughs> I said boring. <laughs> I know, but it's a, it's a it's a cal- it was a calculated decision, and and I yeah. think that I mean no, I don't so, give a shit like about a, those shows. But like yeah, I mean no, now, he, the 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 caliber of guests he gets are, I mean they're the best. I mean he gets yeah, the best guests. I, I guess I didn't really think about it from like that branding standpoint. It helps broaden his likability, right? Which also, offer like you're saying, creates more opportunities for varied guests rather than the same old shit he's been doing for years. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, all these shows, they need to change to a certain degree. I mean, the funny thing is, is like people don't like change and they say, oh, you've changed or when, you know, when, when Artie left, you changed or when Jackie left, you changed. And I mean, when you grow and you're doing it for 40 years, I mean, you would hope that someone would change. And and it's interesting Mm, how, you know, now this last interview was fucking Mick Jagger, you know, it was like, it's a lot different from throwing baloney on a stripper, you know? I tell you what I watched um, last night. Actually, the the latest. There's been a bunch of them over the last couple of months. The latest uh, Britney Spears um, documentary. Mm. So it was uh, Britney versus Spears. It's Netflix special thing, and it was uh, I think it's it only come on this week. And it was talking about her conservativeship and all the rest of it. You know everything that that's happened oh, right. over the last well 15 years. It is bonkers, absolutely crazy what her like dad was getting away with. Mental. Like what? Absolutely mental. Just yeah, like what? It's, it's well worth a watch. Well, you, did, did, have you not known the story of what, it's, what, what it's happened? It's a little too. It's a little bit too hard to hear. I mean, it's just like she seems yeah. like she really has. She's she's got mental illness. You know. No. Well, I mean. So, you know, maybe, you know, 12, 13 years ago, that's all we were seeing in all the, all the media, you know, how Britney's losing it and the rest of it. But this was all being supplied by her family to the media, really, like her, oh, wow. the people around her, because they, were, they, they, were, they had this aim to get, like, full control. So by breaking her down... And you know she, you know she, she, she divorced, and she, you know she had kids, and she lost custody over over them for a while and stuff. So you know she is on the edge as you would be. Um, but yeah, her, her dad fought for this conservatorship, and you know it's it's conservatorship of, of the person and of the estate. So he right. basically became her. She couldn't make a decision. She couldn't go. You know, she couldn't leave the house. She couldn't have a credit card. She couldn't. She couldn't phone people. She couldn't email people. She, she had nothing. He he made every single decision for her, and that's a court order. Um, and how it went on for so many years to the point where you know that they, they, they were lying to the court. They're saying that you know she had um, she you know early onset dementia what? and all these things. So, yeah, it was. It's crazy. So they, they had to keep control over her. Um, but they were still putting it out working. She's still doing world tours. So she was getting, it was, I think they said like she was getting eight grand a month of, uh, money for herself. All the rest of the money was going to her dad who was making tens of millions Jesus. every month. Holy and she's shit. the one doing the work. And it, it, it was, it is mental. And obviously this week has been a big change because her dad has now lost that, you know, that, that role. Um, but yeah, it's it's a massive eye opener. You just think, Jesus Christ! Where is this? Where is this it documentary was, on? Uh, on Netflix. Netflix. It's called Britney versus Spears. Jeez. 
it's it's incredible. It's, in, it's it's just it's well, it's unbelievable. Like the literal word of incredible, you just don't believe what you're watching. It's crazy. Yeah. And your friend, uh, uh, the Tiger King's coming back. Apparently so. Yes, but it, I think he's in prison, isn't he? I don't know. This there? is your show. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what they. The doing interesting thing is, I heard somebody. I think it was like Barstool Sports was saying that. The only reason why anybody watched this because we were stuck at home and there was nothing else to watch during pandemic. Like that is there, everybody knows that was a terrible show. It was I never awful. watched it. And, and for some reason, it created this. It was just like this. We're stuck at home and this is what we're gonna fucking watch is goddamn Tiger King. It's not yeah. gonna have the same was, uh, what you call it as the first one. I don't think. Yeah, it had that incredible first maybe three episodes and by that time you, you were hooked into it because the first three were just absolutely bonkers and from that point you're like well i gotta watch the end now kind of thing you know but um the morning show is back on as well started right, last week season. which is incredible yeah so um they have some so, other yeah. cool series on there that look really interesting like the foundation series looks really good yeah i haven't seen any but i've heard good things but everything on there is brilliant on apple yeah. tv really but, uh, i haven't watched one thing on there Apple Plus, oh, it's good. So what am I? What am I? What's my? Uh, what's my assignment? What do I? What am I to watch? On Apple Ted TV. Lasso. Ted Lasso, the morning show, um, the, the truth within. I think that was called that about that podcast. I think it's called the hmm. truth within. I think it was called. Um, that was good. Um, most things on there. There's, it's not like Netflix where there's you know a bunch of things. There's you know maybe once a month they have a new show. Curated. Yeah, yeah, and they're all yeah, very very good. There's that Jason Momoa thing as well. C. See, yeah, I've been um, watching that one. I like it. Yeah, it's lots of lots of really good stuff. Lots of really stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's that time of the year now where it's starting to get dark early, and you end up just watching TV all the time. You know, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> oh boy. So, what are you guys doing this weekend? Um, what day is today? It's Friday today, isn't it? Um, nothing. We I've got family coming over again next week. So my brother-in-law is coming over because my my sister's bought a house over here. So he's bringing a big truck over and bringing furniture and stuff over from Wales. Um, and Amy's best friend is coming over as well. Um, next weekend. Um, right. um you got a big gig, yeah, right? So, yeah. So the pub the pub's yeah, going to be next full. Saturday night. Yeah, next Saturday night is the uh, yeah. is the gig. Yeah, which would be cool. Yes. So, yeah, nothing nothing really important happening this weekend. Just, you know, yes. just basically chilling down with the kids and hopefully they'll they'll get better because they, they haven't been good. So, yeah. How have they been so doing I'm just with tired. school? Um, they been well, they haven't been in this week. Okay. Yeah, they haven't been in this week um, because they're just full, their chest is full of this cold and so on. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, yesterday, um, they're sitting at their little table where they have their, their dinner and so on. And they just started speaking French to each other. And they don't. I mean, we all say to them, you know, do you learn French in school? And they all say, no, 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 no. And, you know, does the teacher speak French? Yeah. Do you speak yeah. back? No. <laughs> but um, there they were, and they were they, they had these, they had pea, a, a, a bowl of peas, actually, and they counted them back and forth to each other in French. Wow. And they, they started, you know, and they kept going up and up. And they went up to, like, 18. And I'm like, I struggle counting in French past 12. And it was just like, That's wow, we just, we just didn't know. that they. And once, you know, once they heard us, saw us watching them, they got embarrassed and they stopped. Um, but, yeah, it's made us think that they're, they're picking up stuff that we don't, 
know. You know, it's, it's a different world for them. They're going into school. It's a different language. They come home and they must be sort of departmentalizing the two, you know, because sure. things are so different. But there was that crossover, and it was just like, wow, wow, they're learning. That's cool. We just assume they, we assume they go there and you know play in sand and draw pictures all day, but um, they're clearly not. So that that's, that's cool. super cool. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yes. twins who can speak a different language ganging up on us. We've got it all to come. Uh, <laughs> Sasufi, Dad. Uh, Sasufi. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be great. What about you guys? What's up for the weekend? What do you got, Miranda? I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Uh, what is it? Tomorrow is Saturday. It's Daddy Dude Day. Um, I think it, it, we're going to have a break in the weather. It's been pretty rainy, which is kind of lame but also great because it feeds all like the mycelia in the area and it's i i've i've been trying to do some mushroom hunting and uh, out in my at my in-laws property i've found lobster and chanterelle mushrooms out there and they even grow king bolitas out there or king bolitas and so i'm nice. we're gonna go out there and kind of tromps around in the sun and see them and spend some time with them outside because we haven't really been spending time around them um, and, and, and maybe walk up through the forest. They're the one, they have like 16 acres of, of property and only four of it's clear, like three or four of it for like the house and the barn and like the field, the rest of it's all wooded with trails through it. So we'll go walking up there. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And, uh, and then. It's that time of year for mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, uh, some some family friends of my wife's that she grew up with their daughters uh they have a wedding venue that has a couple orchards it's like small orchards um maybe a total of 20 or 30 trees total but they don't harvest any of the fruit at all and uh it's that time of the year to start picking it and so yeah anything that drops like for them mostly it's ornamental so they collect it but then they just feed it to the chickens if it falls on the ground um so we're gonna go and do some apple picking and they also have like asian pear and bartlett pear and and i think bosk bosk pear as well and several varieties of apple and and some grape kiwi we'll see if their grape kiwi is worth anything that sounds very much about around what's happening around here. This is where we live. We're very rural, but we're, we're surrounded by apple um, plantations and where they make the Normandy, uh, the Normandy style cider, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, there's there's hundreds of acres of, of apple growers around here. Nice. So this time of year now we get the, the, the influx of, um, you know, different Europeans coming in, you know, doing, doing a season of apple picking. And that started this week. Um, so yeah, it's, it's literally a ripe time for apples, sure. um, and, yeah. and as you say, mushrooms as well, because we've been pretty wet here as well. So it sounds like we're having the same sort of weather here as you're having there. Mm. Oh, I just remember. So you got that wood. Do you think mushrooms grow over in your woods? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, so last year we got it um, sort of when we, when we actually the sale went through we were just towards the tail end of the season i gotcha so now it's the beginning of the season i'm excited to go actually i'll probably say that i might go tomorrow now and have a look um i'm pretty sure it, it will be because um it's, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty dark wood it's uh yeah it's a big big old canopy there and it's been wet so it's it's those sort of conditions really so sure. i'm hoping so yeah yeah there's, there's a lot of like the region we're in is is the Dordogne, but in French it's Perigord, and Perigord's known for the uh, for their truffle, for the black truffles. Oh. So there's there's a lot of sort of um, truffling going on around here as well. So we're hoping we can have have some old oaks and stuff there, um, 
Yeah, and we, we'd be able to get some truffles. How too, would you maybe. find them? You know them? you could... Tri- oh, sorry. How would you yeah. find them? So um, they're generally... The black truffles are generally um, at the roots of oaks, old oaks. Um, and... Yeah, you you will you'll just smell them. Um, you know, huh. you, you don't you don't you don't particularly have to go digging too so far. So you're gonna be crawling around, um, smelling the ground. Yeah, that's why the French will have big noses, you know. You don't smell out the small smell out the truffles. <laughs> you know, up here in the Pacific Northwest, we've been more more and more truffles have been coming out of uh, like Oregon, Washington, Northern California, and um, they people train their dogs to do the hunting yeah and um, yes, i don't yeah. know if you guys should not that you don't have enough yeah. on your plate maybe the girls can train the dog <laughs> oh my my dog is she's thick as shit there's no, there's, no, there's no way he's sniffing out any truffles believe me oh geez no um, but there's a lot of cultivated truffles here as well so yeah um uh, uh, truffle farms, basically, where they 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 literally just cultivate them, and they just have rows and rows of old oaks, um, and they'll put spores in each year. Oh wow! Um, so they will cultivate themselves as well. So yeah, it's it's very sort of common around here. So there's um, there's lots of knowledge. So I'm sure if I you know if I if I did think there was any there, I, I could get somebody to come and help me. So that's great. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I may go mushroom hunting this weekend and see see if there's anything there. Nice. Both of you like get, get like some sort of poisoning. It's going to be a sad situation. <laughs> well, here it's it's really cool. So you can go to any farm. The French love their um, le pharmacies. They're everywhere here, um, and you can go to any pharmacy with any mushrooms that you pick. And all the pharmacists are trained. Um, so this time of year, you see lots of people going to the pharmacies with big baskets of mushrooms, and the pharmacist will just take a look and say, "Yeah, that's edible." No, it's not. Yes, and then and they'll they'll help you. So yeah, you don't really have to take that risk, you know. So that's quite nice. Jeff, have you seen the Fantastic Fungus uh, documentary on Netflix? No. You should watch it. The main guy in there, Paul Stamets. Yep, it's all about mushrooms and beyond their uses for psychedelics or or culinary uses, how they can be used to do all kinds of stuff to help, uh, like protect against pests and and bacterias and all kinds of stuff hmm. but it's a really cool documentary it's I'll like checking out very very easy watch uh but the guy the main what guy was it called it, again it's called fantastic fungi um i was just actually double checking that's the name but the main guy in the pot or in the documentaries names paul stamets and uh he actually is he's from the midwest somewhere but he's based out of olympia washington he's got a business here called uh, fungi perfecti where they collect all these various spores and stuff and they and they cultivate mushrooms and um but i thought i'd just throw that in there and add that because um, yeah. it's a it's a good resource um like we're Craig was just saying about pharmacies giving tips and recommendations it's unbelievable <laughs> this is a resource show but this is it is wow Wow. Right. I do need to go. Um, hour and 48 minutes in. But um, yeah, it's been a good show. A really good show. It's been enlightening. Wait, did we hear it? Jeff and was going to do this weekend? Again. Did you say Jeff? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I'll listen. True. Yeah. <laughs> See you next That's week. That's it. He's fucking <laughs> show off. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. We've got time I for have you. Come to, on. What are you up to? Today? I have to... I have to prep for Maker's Camp, so tomorrow I am actually mm. going to forge some stuff out to get to kind of shake the cobwebs out, and then the week after that is the class I'm teaching at uh, Dragon's Breath Forge. So I have to like start to like 
organize myself and prepare myself. Yeah. Maker's Camp is going to be kind of nuts this year. I'm on, I'm been getting a lot of messages and it's going to be kind of nuts. And I'm on, I'm going to have the, I'm going to do on the full blast podcast next week. I'm going to have a pregame with the modern forge guys are going to come on. Uh, John, Jesse, Cliff, and, and I are going to do a pregame before Maker's Camp. And then the next week we're going to do the postgame. So we're going to tell the whole, oh, all nice. the stories and, bump around so i gotta nice, i gotta nice. shake the cobwebs up do, do you have some tales nice. from the broiler plan for sunday um nothing anybody very interested in to be honest with you i'm not my cooking has become very like uh you know nothing to write home about so not not worth <laughs> i'll send you a bolognese recipe oh now. yeah how many <laughs> that was the, <laughs> that was the that ps that was the joke about uh your uh, your cookbook class your cookbook uh show is that mm. you're gonna do 500 bolognese. recipes for bolognese <laughs> and each one's gonna be a different font <laughs> the comic sans bolognese day yeah all right uh, folks right Stuff about that that's a good show thank you all very much for listening and um, we should speak to you again next Monday. Nice. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.